0: You're listening to the Align Women Podcast, the show for moms who are chiropractors. This show will bring you guests to share their stories, their struggles, their experiences, and me, your host, Dr. Danielle Eaton, so that you can create a practice that's right for you and your family. Hey everyone, I am here today with Dr. Andrea. Dr. Andrea, how are you doing today? I'm
1: excellent. And how are you, Danielle?
0: I'm thank I'm good. Thank you so much. I was about to say I'm thank you. Yeah. Whatever
1: that <laughs> <is>. <laughs> so you need, what, you need more coffee today, apparently.
0: You know what? I don't drink coffee, so maybe.
1: Yeah, I don't either. That's the problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, but what I wanted to say actually, why I thank you was coming out, was thank you for being on the show today and for th- for taking time out of your day today to be here with me. Absolutely. And, and share with our listeners more about you and your practice and what motherhood has been like for you. And what's been like for you since you became a mom?
1: You know, I really love the fact that you do this here for other mothers because it is such a, it is such a challenge to be a chiropractor and a mom or to be a a working mom. And when we put all these challenges together, I feel like we as a group desperately need to support each other through this. So I love what you're doing and I, I couldn't wait to be a part of it.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. It's really nice to hear that. But yeah, I couldn't do it if I didn't have moms like you sharing. So big thank you to you as well.
1: Well, thank you. Okay, right.
0: well, tell us more about you and your family.
1: So, uh, I've been in practice since. Um, okay, now I have to do math here. I've been in practice in my home state of Michigan for five years. I got married in oh my gosh, twenty thirteen to my husband, and we had our baby in October of last year. So we have a little boy who is ten months and walking all over the place and keeping oh, wow. very very busy. <laughs> So, you know, it's one of those things where you just adapt and change as life throws things at you.
0: Yes. And some of us adapt and change more quickly and more readily than others. It took me a long time to adapt and change after I became a mom. Which yeah. About in other episodes of the podcast. <laughs> and,
1: it, and it's the kind of thing where it, saying that you've done it is a great sentiment, but it's it's never something that you're done with. Yeah. Every sure. single day you're adapting and changing to to what's being thrown at you. Because with kids, they just, they adapt and change. Like they're growing, they're changing, their little personalities blossom and they're changing so fast and so frequently that all you can do is try and keep up.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. You know, the first couple of years, I really felt that way. Like just as I would start to figure out a routine with my (laughs) first daughter, she she would change and grow and she'd figure out how to pull up or she'd figure out, she'd learn how to walk. And then I'm like, oh, so now we have all these new challenges that, we have to accommodate to that Absolutely. weren't issues before. And I thought I had just all like figured all these things out. Yeah. Right?
1: And then it throws another curveball at you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So tell us more about what your practice is like. Who are your ideal patients and how do you help them?
1: So, right now, my practice is very small. Uh, I'm in my hometown, which is fantastic. I'm in Plymouth, Michigan, and we have this absolutely beautiful downtown area that I've loved being a part of because it is my hometown. But rent is very expensive. So, I have a very small uh, upstairs kind of a practice space, and I, I'm very different from most of the chiropractors that I've known over the years. I, it's a two room, endeavor. I have a a small lobby and then I have a combined treatment room slash office. I don't have any staff. It is just me and only me and it has a lot of challenges but at the same time it's very comfortable for where I'm at in life. So my ideal patients run the gambit from young student athletes to older individuals that are looking to get out of pain, maintain their level of activity, be able to keep up with their grandkids, avoid a hip replacement, avoid a knee replacement, all those wonderful things, trying to maintain wellness through their golden years. So those are the two ends of the spectrum. And I don't think that's what I anticipated being my patient base when I was in school. I think at that point in time, I wanted to do more pediatric and, uh, and maternity care, but mm. the cool thing about pediatric care is that they grow up really fast. Yes and i've kind of followed some of those patients as they go and and it's taken me into an entirely different perspective but it's fun
0: that's it's really cool so it's like your your patient population has grown simply because who you started off thinking were your ideal patients, they've grown. They've grown yeah, up. They have,
1: they have grown up. And it, it's taken me, it, it's funny because I, I knew you when I was in school and, and you were at the time very involved with the uh, masters of sports rehab. Yes. I, yes. And at the time that wasn't really where I wanted to be. And funny enough, now that's where I spend a lot of my time. I do a tremendous amount of sports rehab mm-hmm. because I followed those, those students up and the ones that, need a lot of care are the ones that have taken to competitive athletics. I have picked up being the the chiropractor for a local gymnastics team of very, very competitive female gymnasts. And I've taken to, to treating them right now. I am they're in the off season. So I'm only, I only go there once a week, but in the, in the competitive season I'm there usually at least twice a week to treat a, a number of the girls on the team. And it's, it's, it's great because I can go to them and get to watch what they do and see see how their, their physical activity is affecting their body in person. Yep. And then it's also very neat because I'm able to be there as an advocate for these young female athletes on an individual basis, not just as part of the team. Because we don't always take good care of our young athletes. We're not always there saying, hmm, you know – you could compete, but are you going to hurt yourself worse? Or are you going to end up putting yourself sidelined for the next twenty years because of an injury you could do in five minutes here on competition? Yeah. So it's it's nice being able to there being there to advocate for them.
0: Yeah. So this is a different um, topic than what I thought we would dive into, but I'm <laughs> sorry. <this>. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what really comes up for me is that um, yeah, like to be a sports chiropractor you've like the best way that you can serve your athletes your athlete patients if you will is to really know their sport and to to see what they put themselves through and so yeah it's awesome that you get to have that experience with them and it also helps to really build trust like they really trust you when mm-hmm. they see you at their practice or at their competitions or maybe it's at games or events and they know that you understand what it is that their body is experiencing
1: Yeah, absolutely. But but you did want to talk about how my practice came to be, and that is, I think, at this point in time, one of the major components of how my practice came to be where it is. I was in a a much larger practice. I was an associate there, and to be very brief about it, things there in that relationship went south rapidly, Mm -hmm. and I found myself in a position where I didn't have a practice location. Here I was, a chiropractor, and I wanted to keep treating my patients, and I wanted to be able to continue to offer care. And so those sports teams at the time that I was going and treating on at the gym or on their location was really what kind of kept me pushing forward because no matter no matter who my boss is, no matter what practice I work for, they wanted to see me. And I wanted to see them, and that was that location. So they kind of kept me and carried me through and motivated me to set up this much smaller practice because I said, this, these are the people who I know need me at the end of the day, and it's not about having a large practice with a bunch of staff and all of these other things that I had always envisioned as being my ideal practice. Yes, yes. Because for me, it was like, okay, yes. Yeah, some people still want to come see me at a brick and mortar office, but a lot of my patients just want me to see them. Period.
0: Meaning and that they don't care where. Like, yeah, they don't
1: care where. They're like, I don't care if you come to the gym. I don't care if you come to competition. I mean, I had I had girls at the time that were like, can't you adjust me here on the floor on the mats? I just you know they were. I mean, we as chiropractors feel that all the time. You're like, I just need an adjustment. Yep and it it really brings that value back but it's been it 's been really really great in the long haul because I was practicing i wasn 't quite full time depending upon your definition of full time. I was about thirty hours a week here, um, three three and a half days in the office, plus time out with my sports team before I had my son and then and then things changed right
0: <laughs> yeah, so what 's really cool that i 'm hearing you say is that your practice grew to where it's at now because people love you and because you show up authentically as yourself and they build trust with you. And that has been a really key factor. It sounds like in building your own practice.
1: Yeah. Being very much who I am and not trying to be not trying to be the ideal chiropractor, Yeah, I think. And and I, because everybody has a different image in their head of what an ideal chiropractor is or what an ideal chiropractic office is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So obviously there's not one answer to that. But I think that a lot of the time, at least for me, I got caught up in that vision of what I was supposed to be. Yes. And my business and my life has been happier once I, once I let go of what I was supposed to be and started doing what I wanted to do, which was taking more time with my patients, you know, really having that one-on-one, that trust-building relationship with them and doing the way that I felt was going to work for me, the way that made me sleep better at night.
0: Mm -hmm. I can so relate to that. (laughs) Right? I mean, I left Logan with that same kind of philosophy of uh, what a successful practice should look like. And for me, it felt like I'm going to have multiple clinic locations and, uh, you know, s- like tons of staff and hundred
1: patients a day. Right. Right, right. Exactly. And that's not really, that doesn't resonate with me.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, anymore. it was what I was trained under and I'm sure that you remember my mentor and, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, you know, and he would tell me, we, I would go out and look at office locations for myself and there was one in particular that I really wanted that was 600 square feet. It was small and it was a mile away from my home. And I thought this would be really great. And he was like, how will you ever see 60 patients or more in a space this small? And I right. Thought, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. Like, I just want to have this small space, low stress, low expenses. And it's really close to home. That will fit my lifestyle nicely. But even though I was aware of that several years ago and he was telling me, you need to think bigger. <laughs> and, you know, go big or go home. And I was like, Oh yeah,
1: that that sounds familiar. Yeah. (laughs) I'm
0: supposed to be thinking bigger. Okay. So I did that. I went bigger and then I burned out really fast. So
1: it's funny that you should say that because you've, you've summed up my practice. It's about (laughs) 550 square feet Yeah, and I'm three quarters of a mile from my house. Yeah. And I could, I can walk and it's, it's nice and it's, it's peaceful.
0: Mm, Beautiful.
1: yeah, and, and nowadays with my son, my, my schedule has changed. I've cut back my hours dramatically for the time being, because as I said before, he's ten months old, so I'm growing up very quickly. And when it, when I first when I first had him, while I was pregnant, I thought, okay, I'm going to take my maternity leave, which in my crazy pregnancy mind was reasonable at a whopping two weeks.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So I I planned my two weeks of maternity leave and said, I'm going to come back and I'm going to work two full days a week. And then I'm going to go home and spend the rest of the week home with my, my son. And that's going to be great. And that worked for a few weeks. Um, but it didn't work well. Because I was, I was here in the office all day. I was busy, busy, busy going, going great guns. But as you and I both know, there are people that need to come in more than twice a week or the people that can't come in on those two days. They need to come in on Friday. They need to come in on Thursday. They need to come in on Tuesday. They need to come in. You know, that's, that's their only day of the week. And I couldn't accommodate that. Yeah. So Here I am failing what I, what I felt was failing with my patients.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I also felt like I was failing with my family because here I am gone this whole ridiculously long day.
0: How yeah. long of a day was it that you were gone?
1: Uh, 12 to 13 hours. Oh,
0: yeah. That's definitely a long day. Yeah. Day. Yes.
1: Yeah. And, you know, not to not to get entirely mm-hmm. off topic, but as a mom who is passionate about breastfeeding and wanted to be able to nurse my son, here I am pumping all day long.
0: Yep.
1: And ending wow. up with the, the complications that I don't think we talk a lot about with that. I ended up with mastitis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up with uh, just being stressed out. And I, it wasn't working. And so an opportunity became available for my husband to pick up a different schedule at his job so that he would be home every day at about three o'clock. And I said, okay, do it. I'll go into the office every day from three to six, three to seven. I'm working three or four hours a day, but it worked well. Cause then I can spend a good chunk of every single day at home with my kiddo. And then I can come to the office and I'm available almost every day of the week to some extent with my patients for a few hours to yeah. accommodate. And, and I don't feel like I'm missing out on either aspect.
0: That is so cool because I think that there's a couple of different components going on there. A, there was a little bit of like the universe lining up for you with the, with the change in your husband's work schedule. Yes.
1: Right? Yes. And at the time I was like, Oh no, this is going to be terrible. And it, I just, I had to embrace the change, which is hard to do. Yep. But, yeah, you're right. It was, it was very serendipitous, and it ended up working out.
0: Yeah. I think that, you know, sometimes we think that things should show up a certain way or should look a certain way, and yet we have things like this change in your husband's work schedule that was a possibility for your family. And if you were only looking at it from this narrow scope of what's possible, then it seems like that's not a good change or not. it won't be a good thing or it won't work. But sometimes we just get to let go of that, of the control, right, and trust. Yes. And just trust that it will be the best thing and it will work out beautifully. And it
1: has uh, Yeah. And I talk with my husband all the time that if I were looking back from from five years ago and I was looking at my practice as it is now, I'd be looking at that going, What? Well, I that's not enough hours and that's too small of a practice. And how can you function without staff? And and I'd be looking at it, looking at it as a failure or as not enough. Mm-hmm. And then as a mom, I frequently say to him, I was like, if I were still in the same situation that I was in, if I was still in a big associateship with this expectation of seeing all these patients and working all these hours, there is no way I would be able to take my son to play groups a couple times a week and and have been there for his first steps and to have, have experienced those moments and enjoyed all of those things that I have had, you know, in that situation. If I were still in that office, there's no way I'd have been able to juggle like I have at this point. So, and there's no other career field that I can think of where I could still work, what, 15, 16 hours a week, maybe, still be able to put food on the table, keep my family supported. You know, no, we're not going to the Bahamas once a year, but I have a small child, so that's not really a viable option anyways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. How cool. And, and this is something that, you know, I I think... For me personally, I had to go through that um, painful experience of being an associate in a a practice that I thought was going to be a good fit. Right. um, And then learning that it wasn't at all a good fit. And really because I was so stubborn and actually even scared, I stayed with it probably – eight months longer than what I really wanted to. And I'm talking like I was only there for a year. So I knew pretty early on it wasn't a good fit. But if I hadn't gone through that experience as an associate, I wouldn't have gone on to open my own practice. And then I can look back at my own practice and go, oh, I did all these things wrong, right? But um, without having done all those things wrong in my practice, if there is a wrong, then I wouldn't have learned to open my mind and see things in a different way.
1: It's so hard to say when you're opening a new practice though, because it's so hard to say that you've done something wrong. Because in a reality, when you are on your own and you are the one in charge, there's things that you think you're going to like. There's things that, oh, I'm gonna do this. When I opened my own practice, I was absolutely no way gonna take insurances. No way. It's too much. And and that's that was my that was my business model. And as time went on, I ended up getting in network with a couple of different insurance companies because for my patients, they would come to me and say, "Look, I have the screen insurance; it covers it 100, percent and I want to see you, but I can't afford to otherwise." And for me, it was it was about my patients, yeah. about being able to provide a service to them that they could afford. And you know what? It, it's a lot of extra work, and it's a little less money for me on that that treatment. But if I can get that person better, then it's worth it.
0: <laughs> awesome. So. Andrea, just to finish up, if there was one thing that you wish that you knew before you were a mom that you know now, what would you go back and tell yourself or what advice would you give yourself that would also be useful for other moms in chiropractic to hear?
1: See, that's, it's it's so hard to know. Like there's things I wish as, as a chiropractor that I wish I had known. I wish that I had known that I was going to spend hours of my day in complete and total cervical flexion, staring at this cute little child in my arms.
0: Uh, Oh my gosh, yes. And like, I I had no idea
1: that my neck was going to hurt that bad as a chiropractor. Yes. (laughs) And I was, but at the same time, I also kind of feel like, I I feel like I recovered and I bounced back very fast because that was a focus of mine in pregnancy and that I wanted to be able to do that. And yet at the same time, I didn't. I bounced back very quickly, and I got exercising again. And yet, at the same time, I wish I had kind of said, "Yeah, you can do that. You absolutely can do that, but you don't need to." Yeah, you can. You can take your time. You don't have to lose the baby weight in three months. You don't have to be back at your old, you know, five k race time six months after baby's born. Like you don't have to do that. You can. You physically can, but you don't need to. Hmm. I kind of wish I had been a little bit more gentle with myself. Oh, and yeah, and taking more than two weeks maternity leave because that was crazy.
0: <laughs> I can totally relate to that. Yeah, I when I had my first daughter, I had eight weeks off, and I thought, well, during eight weeks off of work, I'll have time to reorganize the basin. and <laughs> I had no idea that I was going to be spending all day bouncing a baby who was fussy and just right keep her as calm as I could for exactly.
1: I was so blessed. My son was just, I swear I didn't hear him cry hardly at all the first six, eight weeks of his life. He's such a good baby, not a great sleeper, but a great baby. Yeah. It's like you're sleep deprived. And I I remember there's a couple of patients and I just, I, I screwed up a few appointment times and, and, oh, I thought I wrote you down at six o'clock and just you know, that kind of thing. It, just being sleep deprived.
0: Yeah.
1: So get, having given myself a little bit more maternity leave to kind of get past those first few early rough, rough weeks would have been great, but we live and we learn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Life awesome. goes on and my practice is still here.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And that's like the beauty of it all. Really? you know, and even if you came back from maternity leave and your practice was not there, then guess what? You can start again. You can start again.
1: You really can. You can.
0: Awesome. Dr. Andrea, if a woman that's listening to the show today would like to connect with you, where's the best place for her to find you?
1: Okay. So she can find me on my website, which is com. That's spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-H-O-G-L-E-N. And anyone out there that's listening that wants to contact me is also welcome to email me at drhoagland at live, dot com.
0: Awesome. And of course, when the show goes live, then we will have links for those on the show website as well. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much again for your time today. It's been really fun to talk with you and catch it's up. It's been a
1: pleasure. And thank you so much for having me today.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. Did you like what you heard on the show today? If so, then be sure to share this podcast with another mom and chiropractic who you know who will benefit from listening to this show every week, just like you. Send her over to AlignWoman.com forward slash podcast and invite her to subscribe to the newsletter today. We'll see you in your email inbox soon.